Saturday about 10 o'clock. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 13, begin reading in verse 15. Hear ye and give ear. How many thinks it's important when the Lord says, hear ye and give ear? Alright, this is something you need to hear. This is something you need to listen to. Be not proud, for the Lord hath spoken. Uh, if you have the right view of God, one thing that you do not have in your life is pride. Now, the world's all the time trying to teach you self-esteem. You walk close to the perfect, holy, outstanding, powerful God it is impossible for you to have any self-esteem. Amen. Compared to him, you are nothing. Jesus told his disciples, without me, ye can do nothing. How does that make you feel about yourself? <laughs> I can sit here and tell you stuff that would make you feel good all day long, or I can preach the Bible. Which should I do? Which one did the Lord call me to do? Did he call me to preach the word of God? Or did he make, call me to make people feel good about themselves? Amen. The Bible doesn't say good things about you. No. That's right. Amen. If I'm preaching the Bible, I can't honestly make you feel good about yourself. Right. Or myself. But I can make you feel good about God. Yes. Now that I can do. And still preach the Bible. And the better you feel about God, the more you will improve. It does work. But the better you feel about yourself, the worse you will do. You see how this runs contrary to the spirit and the teaching of the age? Yes. Amen. We, we've taught men for years and years and generations and generations to be a man. Handle things yourself. Pull yourself up. Don't rely on anybody else. How's that work for them? They've been sad, depressed, suicidal, violent, and God knows what. But this generation has a new twist on it that has never, as far as I know in history, has never been, at least to this extent. And we're trying to get the women to be all self-motivated and self-sufficient and independent and powerful. How's it working? <laughs> their marriages and families are splitting up. Their depression is up. Their attempts at suicide is up. They're about, they're trying to catch up in stupidity with the men. Listen, don't rely on yourself. Amen. Man, woman, boy or girl, do not be independent. Yeah. Do not be self-sufficient. Do not try to empower yourself. Humble yourself and He will lift you up. That's right. Let Him empower you. You see how opposite everything is that they're telling yes, you these yes. days? They're wrong. Amen. We don't talk like they do. They don't talk like we do. Somebody's wrong. Amen, brother. You're going to have to pick a side and go with it. Right. Let me tell you what we say at Bible believing Baptist churches. Jump the world and follow God. That's right. And by God, we mean in a King James Bible. Yes. Hear ye and give ear. Be not proud, for the Lord hath spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he calls darkness. And before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains, and while you look for light, he turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. Notice how many times dark is mentioned there. Calls darkness, dark mountains, shadow of death, gross darkness. You know what's going on in our society today? Darkness! Yes, yes amen. 
Bless their hearts. They don't know how to spend their money. They don't know how to spend their time. They don't know how to move up in their career. They don't know how to have relationships. They don't know how to keep their family together. They don't know what to do about the political mess. They don't know what to do about the financial mess. They don't know what to do about their health. They don't know what to do about their psychological problems. They're in darkness. And when you get saved, Jesus is the light of the world. A big light comes on. Mm -hmm. Unto them that sat in darkness, light has arisen. But, notice the first part of that verse, give glory to the Lord your God. There's the problem. They're not trying to give any glory to God. They're worried about me. They're worried about self. They're worried about what makes me happy. I just need to do this for myself. I don't need to worry about anybody else. That's not what the Bible teaches. Commandment number one, love the Lord thy God, not yourself. And commandment two is second, love thy neighbor as thyself. Yes. Do you see why we're heading into such darkness? It's, it's as if there is a big light pole with a very bright shining light on it. And the world is saying, no, don't go over there. Come over this way. And they're getting farther and farther and farther from the light. And it's getting darker and darker and darker. And they're more messed up. And they're more sad. And they're more frustrated. And they're more depressed. And nothing works. And nothing... It's because you're walking away from the light. Turn around. If they say it in the American school system, it's wrong. Don't go that way. If they say that in mainstream, say this in mainstream media, don't listen to them. It's going the wrong way. Turn back to the old-fashioned Bible-believing Baptists. You say that they're bigoted and hate-filled and all those things. No, that's listening to the people that go to darkness. Come back to light. You want to read the literature that was written in this country in the early days of the 20th century and before that and compare it to the hopeless, sad, miserable, broken literature that's written today? There's no comparison. They had light back then and they have darkness today. Never the two shall meet. Verse 17, we'll read a few more verses here. But if you will not hear it, and there's some that won't, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. There's the issue. He mentions pride back in verse 15, be not proud. He mentions it again here in verse 17. My soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. And mine eye shall weep sore and run down with tears because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. Say unto the king and to the queen, Humble yourself. Look at all these mentions of pride and needing to humble yourself. Sit down, for your principality shall come down, even the crown of your glory. The cities of the south shall be shut up and none shall open them. Judah shall be carried away captive, all of it. It shall be wholly carried away captive. Lift up your eyes and behold them that come from the north. Where is the flock that was given thee, thy beautiful flock? What wilt thou say when he shall punish thee? For thou hast taught them to be captains and is chief over thee. Shall not sorrows take thee as a woman in travail? And if thou say in thine heart, Wherefore come these things upon thee? For thy great, for the greatness of thine iniquity are thy skirts discovered, and thy heels made bare. Can the Ethiopian change his skin, or the leopard his spots? Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. Hey, be careful about the habits. Did you start? Yeah. When you're accustomed to doing something, you know what you'll do? The exact same thing the very next day, and the exact same thing the very next day. You know what you've done? You've formed a habit. Yeah. Yes. 
Some of you, before you ever get up, before you ever get a cup of coffee, before you ever open a Bible and spend some time with the Lord, turn on a little electronic screen mm -hmm. day after day after day, morning after morning after morning. Amen. That's a bad habit. Yes, it is. Now, don't misunderstand. I know, I know the day and age in which we live. We work on those things and we shop on those things, and we bank on those things, and we keep up with important dates on those. I understand it. I'm not saying don't use them at all, but I'm saying don't make that the first thing you go to in the morning. Yeah, no. Don't make that the last thing you go to at night. Don't make that the thing you spend more time with than anything else in life. What you've done, you've caused a bad habit. Some of you rely on medicine. And don't get me wrong, I thank God for medicine, and I thank God for doctors. But that can turn into a bad habit. Uh, there are plenty of people that rely on drink. There are plenty of people that rely on getting their pleasure from this world. And next thing you know, they're hooked. And at first, it doesn't seem like it'll do it. And that snake just gets around them one time. That boa constrictor of sin gets around them one time, and they can still get out. But then he goes around again, and again, and again, and then you can't get free. And then what are you going to do? You will not be able to stop. You know why? Because it says here in verse 16, so can ye, so then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. The illustration he gives is the Ethiopian changing his skin. What if the Ethiopian says, I want a different kind of skin? Can he change it? Nope. Or the leopard is spots. What if the leopard said, I want to be striped like a tiger and not spotted like a leopard? Tough. That's what you got. Yeah. Some people will get hooked on a habit and accustomed to do evil. And next thing you know, they can't stop. Yes. You have to get some help from God. Verse 24, Therefore will I scatter them as the stubble that passeth away by the wind of the wilderness. This is thy lot, the portion of thy measures for me, saith the Lord, because thou hast forgotten me and trusted in falsehood. You've been listening to everybody else and you haven't been listening to God. You haven't had a scripture verse for the way you live your life and the decisions you make in a long time. You've been getting your advice from the internet. You've been getting it from the news. You've been getting it from school. You've been getting it from some messed up psychologist, bless their heart. You've been getting it from anybody but God. Yes. Yes. Sitting right here on your lap in the Bible. There, there's sure no excuse for a Bible-believing Baptist to get in this shape. Verse 26, Therefore will I discover thy skirts upon thy face, that thy shame may appear. Uh Skirts. When you wear a skirt, by the way, I saw a man in a skirt yesterday. <laughs> I was in Cookville shopping, and came a man in a Scottish kilt. Right. Sure enough, I mean, he walked right in a store shopping. <laughs> but uh, one thing I've noticed about skirts is that they hang down and cover your nakedness. If the skirt is pointed up and covering your face, it's leaving some things uncovered that are supposed to be covered, isn't it? Amen. Your shame is uncovered. If the skirt is up covering your face, it's... Oh, man, I better not tell that story. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> One time there was, there was a guy in a college dormitory, and he had a, had a towel around him. And he was coming from the shower, and some women, part of a family had walked in, including some women and girls. And here he was in nothing but that towel, and it kind of shocked him, and he kind of jerked, you know, with nothing but a towel on, and embarrassed him, and as he kind of jerked, he... Knocked the towel down. <laughs> he picked that towel back up, but he didn't do what you might have thought he would do with it. He put it over his head and ran to his room right quick. He said, well, he said, well, they've done seen me. I at least want them to not know who it was. 
That towel was supposed to be covering his shame, and instead it was covering his face. Now listen, that's what it says happens right here. It says those skirts are up covering the face when you should be covering your shame. Amen. There's some stuff going on like that in our day, isn't there? Verse 27, I have seen thine adulteries and thy names and lewdness of thy whoredom and thine abomination on the hills in the fields. Woe unto thee, O Jerusalem, wilt thou not be made clean? When shall it once be? The Lord gets tired of people being dirty all the time and says, are you not going to get clean? When is it ever going to be? And I think he's about at that stage with us. Oh, yeah. Right Amen. All right, but my main text, I, good night, I didn't mean to get Verse 16, my main text is, Give glory to the Lord your God before He calls darkness. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray You speak to us from Your Word. God, we need to hear from You. Lord, thank You for speaking to me today. I sure needed You. And I still do and always will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to say this morning that God's people are commanded to glorify Him or else darkness comes. You want to get a place in your life where you're in a mess and you don't know how to get out of it? Just stop glorifying God. Some of those early catechisms in Christianity said, man's chief end is to glorify God. Yes. One of the reasons you're on this earth is to glorify God. Be busy doing it. And that's what I want to preach about today. Now to give glory to God or glorify Him means to praise Him, honor Him, thank Him. Our text commands Israel and Judah, it's Old Testament of course, so it's talking to Israel and Judah to give glory to God or to pay for their negligence with some pretty great punishments. Now God has always dwelt in glory among the angels and the cherubim and the seraphim and his people in heaven and God will ever be surrounded by this glory. Up in heaven you don't have to worry about God lacking glory. It's Amen. beautiful up there, it's wonderful. But today we discuss his glory down here on earth. It's not always shining so bright down here on earth, is it? You know why? Because he's commanded us to give him glory down here. And I'm afraid we don't always do it. Amen. Now, his people are privileged and yet commanded to glorify him now, not just in heaven when they die. Now, praise God for the glory that we'll see in heaven, but you can get a little bit of heaven right now glorifying God down here. Amen. 2 Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to Him be glory both now and forever. Peter says he's supposed to be getting some glory now. What a, what a privilege that we can do that. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. I mean, when you're eating, when you're drinking, when you're going to work, when you're driving, when you're walking, when you're raising your kids, when you're paying your bills, give glory to God. In your day-to-day -day life, you can do that. You're commanded to do that. And it's a blessed life. There is not a more blessed life than giving glory to God. I was blessed and honored and privileged to take part in an ordination service yesterday at Bible Baptist in Rickman and how I believe something goes on during those services. Man, when our hands were on his back and we were praying, I felt it. I felt stuff happening. I knew it was happening. I knew it in my head. I knew it in my heart. I knew it. And what an honor and privilege. I'm glad I had a chance to glorify God in that way. 
when we sing the hymns, you have a chance to glorify God. When you give to the ministry here at Victory Baptist Church or to foreign missions, you're glorifying God. You're doing what you're put on this earth to do. You're doing the most blessed thing you could do. You tell me something more blessed than glorifying God. Amen. Amen. There's nothing. That's what you're here for. That's what will get you the most blessing and the most joy. Now, it is a pleasure and a privilege to right-hearted people, but it's a frightening command to many backsliders. Whether or not this is a privilege or whether or not this is frightening is up to you and your reaction to it. He commands you to glorify Him. If you love Him and you want to glorify Him, that is no problem. But if you despise Him and you're tired of Him telling you what to do, that's going to be a big problem. And step one will be, you'll notice some darkness coming into your life. Your relationships won't work and your finances won't work. Sometimes your health won't work and your habits are bad and you can't seem to get out of them and you can't seem to find good friends you can rely on and you can't be... You know what you are? You're in darkness. What is somebody in darkness? They're feeling around, they're stumbling over things. Is that not the way our lives look sometimes? Oh, yes. God knows mine has sometimes. Yes. Oh, you yes. know what the problem was? I was in darkness. I had walked away from the light. Yes, amen. You've been running, running for a long, long time. You've been running, running with no peace of mind. You regret, regret the day you turned away and became a fugitive from God. Why don't you turn, turn, turn around? Why do you roam? Can't you see God the Father? Waits to welcome you home. You were never meant to walk the paths you've trod. How long will you run away? A fugitive from God. You can see the light, but you chose the night. You've become a fugitive from God. You say, you Baptist preachers just make everything about God. You know why we do? Because everything is about God. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Your relationships are God. Your money is God. Your politics are God. Your civilization is God. Your psychology is God. He's the one that made your brain and your mind and your heart. He knows the inner man and he knows the outer man. Now, since our text is mostly negative, and Jesus said judgment is one of the weightier matters of the law, I will go ahead and look first at the negative, at the judgment, for not glorifying God, and the obstacles to glorifying God. But then I'll just get real plain and real positive, and I'll tell you the methods of glorifying God. Okay. And they're not one of them hard. But they do take a conscious decision on your part to do them. All right, let's look at the consequences of not glorifying God. Number one is darkness. Verse 16 says, before he calls darkness, and he talks about dark mountains and the shadow of death, and then gross darkness. Now, sometimes you stumble around at night, a little bit of light's coming in from a street light in a window or something, and there's some light in there, but then there's gross darkness. I mean, you don't know which way is up in gross darkness. You're completely lost. If you keep headed toward darkness, you finally end up in gross darkness. Mm -hmm. And that is not a good place to be. All right, so the first uh, consequence of not glorifying God is darkness. The second consequence related to darkness is stumbling and sorrow. That's right. Verse 16 says, Your feet stumble upon the dark mountain. 
Verse 21 says, What wilt thou say when he shall punish thee? For thou hast taught them to be captains, and his chief over thee shall not sorrows take thee as a woman in travail. Now, as blessed of an event as it is for a lady to have a baby, you've got to admit, when she's in travail, when she's in, in uh, labor, it's not a happy time right at that moment. <laughs> and if you want your life to look like a woman in labor, here's what you do. Just don't glorify God. That is not a good way to live. You'll stumble and you'll have some sorrow. All right, here's a bad one. I, I hate to bring this up. Divine deception. When you start walking away from God's light, he says, okay, you didn't want my light, I'll give you some more darkness on top of what you've already earned. That's very good. Look at verse 16. Before he calls darkness. And then it says, while you look for light, he turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. The God of this Bible is not the God of the big, happy, popular crowd. He will send trials your way. Yes. He will trip you up. That to them, that's a mean God. To us, we know there is no more loving God than the one that sent the yeah, Lord Jesus right. Christ, His Son, to die on the cross for you. But if you reject that, there is nothing but darkness left. He is the light. We're saying, come to the light. Tis shining for thee. Sweetly the light has dawned upon me. Once I was blind, thank God, now I can see the light of the world is Jesus. But if you won't have Jesus, that's all there is is darkness. And even in Him giving you darkness, it's to make you see, oh, wait a minute, it's just getting darker and darker this way. I better head back to where there was some light. That's actually even loving. But you won't see it that way if you reject the Lord. Divine deception. 2 Thessalonians 2.11, talking about the end times, says, For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. The Bible talks about the Lord and that lying spirit working together. In the Old Testament, we won't turn for sake of time. Uh, so darkness, stumbling and sorrow, divine deception. Here's one, the disappointment and sorrow of God's people. Verse 16, he says, uh, While ye look for light, he turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross dark, uh, darkness. Verse 17 says, But if ye will not hear it, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. Why? Because at the end of verse 17, Because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. It hurts his people. He takes offense when you hurt his people. Uh, it, heads, it leads into captivity. They're led captive, it says in verse 17. Down in verse 19, the cities of the south shall be shut up and none shall open them. Judah shall be carried away captive. All of it be wholly carried away captive. And then comes the shameful revelations we talked about uh, somewhat jokingly. In verse 26, Therefore will I discover thy skirts upon thy face that thy shame may appear. Hey, the Lord starts to bring stuff out. Let's just be real with each other, okay? Does not everybody in here have a thing or two that the Lord could bring out for everybody to oh, find yes. out? Amen. And you would kind of rather he didn't? Oh, yes. Amen. When you don't glorify God, you know what he does? 
He starts letting the dirt get out. Amen. The stories start to be told. The revelations get shameful. Is that not what it says? The skirts are covering your face that thy shame may be seen. It's good to just get honest every now and then, isn't it? Yes. Every now and then, us Christians get thinking we got everything cleaned up. <laughs> well, I, I do thank God for the bad habits you stopped and the good habits you started. I am thankful for that, and you do, do deserve some credit for letting the Lord work in your life that way. I am not beating you up. But don't ever get convinced that you've cleaned it all up. <laughs> you still got some stuff that's pretty shameful, don't you? Amen. Every one of us does. All right, so that's the consequences of not glorifying God. Now let's look at the obstacles to glorifying God. Number one, not listening. Be careful, Bible-believing Baptist. You come in these churches and you hear these sermons every week, and uh, after a while, the ears get dull of hearing, don't they? Yes. Listen up. You get singing those songs and you've sung them for years and you have them all memorized and you can run through them and think about mowing the yard or making money or your sweetheart or whatever your, whatever's on your mind or the ball game. What are your next shopping trip, your next whatever, vacation, romantic, getaway, whatever you're looking forward to. Be careful actually listen to those words. I'm sure glad I listened to those words once I was blind, but now I can see. Boy, I needed that pep. I needed that yes, just a few minutes yes. ago. I needed it. You know what happened? I listened. Don't just run through those words. Don't just sit here and listen to these sermons and just check out. Listen. It says in verse 15, Hear ye and give ear, for the Lord has spoken. Now don't get me wrong. When I'm up here preaching, I'm not the Lord. Don't, I don't think that I am for a minute. But this Bible that we're reading, now it's the Lord. You better give ear. You better take heed. You better listen. Obstacles to not glorifying God, uh, or to make you not glorify God, is number one, not listening. Hosea 8.12, I have written to him the great things of my law, but they were counted as a strange thing. Sometimes we don't listen because the Bible's kind of weird. It does say some things that is kind of strange and we just check out. Counted as a strange thing instead of listening. Habakkuk 2.20, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Listen. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Sit there and be quiet and listen. Number one, not listening. Number two, pride. He says in verse 15, be not proud. He says in verse 17, mine eye shall weep sore. Why is it weeping? Uh, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. Be careful about pride. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. In Acts 12, 23, Herod is up giving that great speech and not giving God the glory. And what does the Lord do? He dies right on the spot and the worms start eating him right in front of the people that were just praising him. That's right. That's right. Amen. Josephus tells that and tells that he came out in that shining suit and everybody was thinking, man, he's so impressive. Wow, what a speech. Wow, what presence. They said it's a voice of a God and not a man. And next thing you know, the worms are eating his dead, rotten, rotting body. That's right. The Lord can't stand pride. Amen. You get all proud. Mm. The Lord will not put up with that. Amen. You can't glorify God in pride. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, not many mighty, not many noble. Why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. God takes one look at our nasty, stinking flesh. 
and he can't stand it glorying in his presence. Now, he wants you to glory in his presence. I'm not running you down, but remember which part of you can glory in his presence. It's your soul and spirit that's been saved by the grace of God. It's not these old rotten bodies until they get changed. Pride, here's another one, habitual sin, verse 23. Those, then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. Look out for those habitual sins. Now, I know we're going to fail every day. You don't you fail today, and then again tomorrow, and then again tomorrow, and then again tomorrow, and then you're accustomed to do evil. In the same way, you go further and further and further in that sin, and it gets more and more of a control on you. That'll hinder your being able to give glory to God. Yes, sir. And what happens when you don't give glory to God? Darkness, number one. You're not sure what to do. God, help us see some light. Uh, here's another obstacle to glorifying God. Forgetting God. Jeremiah 2.32 Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. God said they couldn't even count up all the days. They didn't even think of me. They thought about their movie. They thought about their ball game. They thought about their clothes. They thought about their appearance. They thought about their popularity. They thought about their entertainment. They thought about stuff they love. I didn't even enter their mind. Doesn't it break your heart to think that people that love you wouldn't even think of you anymore, wouldn't even remember you? Amen. You remember getting those little notes when you was a kid and it said at the bottom, you know, stuff like remember me always and best friends forever and all these things. You know what you're doing? You're wanting the people you love to think of you. You're wanting to be on their mind. Old bluegrass song I used to listen to sometime said, "'Tis sweet to be remembered." And it sure is. How do you think the Lord feels when He's loved us like He has and He's been as good and as righteous and as perfect as He has and He doesn't even enter our mind for days and days. Peter, writing to Peter, knowing that he's about to die, says, I stir these things up by your way of remembrance. I do these things so that after my decease you'll remember these things. Remember, remember, remember. I've often said some of the worst mistakes I've ever made, I knew better then, but I forgot them. Messed up and did it because I hadn't thought about it in a while. You better remember. You know why you need to read your Bible every day? Because you'll forget. You know why you need to be in church every time the doors are open? You'll forget. The Lord has a message for you. Forgetting God. Here's one trusting falsehood. Oh, yeah, listen to this world's ex experts. This is thy lot, verse 25, this is thy lot, the portion of thy measures from me, saith the Lord, because thou hast forgotten me and trusted in falsehood. People don't even believe the Bible or have some vague notion of Christianity that you know doesn't line up with the Bible at all. And you trust their word over a clear statement of Scripture. You know what that'll do? That'll keep you from glorifying God. And finally, it ends in perversion. Verse 27, I have seen thine adulteries and thy names and the lewdness of thy whoredom and thine abominations on the hills and the fields. All right, so first of all, they just started committing adultery. Now, don't misunderstand. The Bible's against adultery and it rails on it. It's against the Ten Commandments and it's against the New Testament. It's a bad thing. But I probably wouldn't say adultery is actually perverted. You know, more or less normal man and a more or less normal woman, it's a sin. But it's not perversion like they get into later. 
It goes from adultery to the lewdness of whoredom to abominations in the hills and in the fields. It goes worse and worse and worse. That's why, young people, you don't want to get started in sin. Because once you start, if it would stop right there, I have to admit, the consequences wouldn't be near as bad. It's not good to ever sin, but the consequences aren't near what they are when you keep doing it. And But here's the problem with sin. Once that boa constrictor of sin gets one wrap around you, it's a whole lot easier for him to wrap around to say, yes. Yeah. And when he gets it twice, it's way easier to wrap around the third time. Amen. You better not let it get started. Amen, brother. I've often told about that time that a bunch of loads of candy was given to us. And it was those Reese's peanut butter cup um, Christmas trees. So they were bigger than usual. And I was trying to be more healthy and lose a little weight, and I took a bite of one of those, and it was so delicious. <laughs> and I looked and saw boxes and boxes of those things, and I said, oh, no, I can't have that around me. <laughs> I knew not to even get started on those because I wouldn't be able to quit. Yeah. Let me tell you about sin in your life. You better not even get started because there's a bunch of it you won't be able to quit. Yes, amen. That's true of many things. Drugs and alcohol and sex and looking at bad things and wrong entertainment and wrong friends and wrong ways of spending your money and wrong ways of eating and drinking and on and on and on it goes. Sin grows worse. Yes. It leads to perversion. And that's the way things happen. Alright, now, that's the negative. That's the consequences of not glorifying God and the obstacles to glorifying God. Now let's get real practical and real positive. Here are the biblical methods of giving glory to God. All right, number one, get saved. If there has never come a time in your life that you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not saved. Amen. And if there has come a time in your life where you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your trust in Him to give you eternal life, you are saved. Amen. Amen. It is that simple. I've told many times about my buddy Freddie. When he got saved, he didn't know the right things to pray. He just said, God, help me. <laughs> you know why that worked? Not because he worded it right. Because at that moment, his trust went on the Lord Jesus. Dad was giving his testimony in the soul winning uh, teaching this morning. And he didn't word it right either. Right. He didn't word it like it says in the little sinner's prayer at the back of the gospel tracts. But you know why it still worked? Because God didn't worry about how you word it. He's worried about, did your trust go on him? Yeah. And when Dad said it, even if he said it wrong, he put his trust on the Lord Jesus Christ, finished work on Calvary, to save him right then. And that's what saved him. If you say, I like applesauce and bananas, but in that moment, put your trust on Jesus Christ, you got saved right then. It doesn't matter what words you say. It matters if your heart receives them. But as many as received him. Number one, get saved. It shows belief in God. And you know what that does? That gives glory to God. I'm going to read quickly Romans chapter 4. When you trust God and believe him for what he said, that glorifies him. Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. 
When he believed God, that gave glory to God. You say, how can I give glory to God? I'm not rich. I can't buy anything. I can't support missionaries or not much at least. I can't give much. I don't have any influence with society. How can I give glory to God? Here's what you do. Believe what he said. Most people don't. If you're one of the believers, you glorify God. Yes. Salvation because it shows belief in God. Also because it is universally offered. That's something that glorifies God. See if I can find my verse on that one. Um, Acts chapter 11, verse 18. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. When we support a missionary and he goes over and preaches the gospel in another part of the world and they get saved and we're rejoicing with him, you know what we're doing? We're glorifying God that he has opened up salvation to the whole wide world. That's right. Acts 13, 47, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of, of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. Salvation glorifies God because it shows believing Him when most people don't because it shows His salvation is universally offered. Most people don't even think about that. I'll tell you another reason because it brings repentance. It changes you. Dad was given the testimony of that woman that got saved and lived such a wicked life and she, he asked her husband, have you seen a change in your wife? He said, oh yeah! Daddy Schoolfield, when my daddy got saved, said, Jim, there has been a profound change in you. You know what that was? That was glory to God. Yes. When you repent, Galatians 1, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which he once destroyed, and they glorified God in me. When some Listen, if a terrorist gets saved, that glorifies God. And that's what Saul basically was, was a terrorist. Amen. Salvation. Number one, glorify God by getting saved. Number two, good works. Just go about doing good. Don't sit and think, what do I want to eat? What do I want to watch? How would I like to spend my evening? Think, hey, what is something I can do that will further the cause of Christ and be a blessing to somebody that's struggling? Amen. That's edify good. a saint or get the gospel to a lost person. I'm not saying do it for six hours at a time, but think of something you could do in the next few minutes or an hour. And do it. Good works glorify God. Matthew um, 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Number one, get saved. Number two, do good works. John 15, 8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. 1 Peter 2, 12, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. If you just get two, get saved and start doing good works, that would change your life. Because you'll be bringing glory to God and He'll start blessing you. And you know what you won't have near as much of? Darkness. Here's another one, knowing and claiming his promises. That glorifies God when you know his promises and, and claim them. Colossians, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 1.20, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, 
unto the glory of God by us. All Amen. those promises are to the glory of God. And when you find those promises, look, look up some Bible promises. Say, now, Lord, I don't have what I want. I don't have whatever it was I really had my heart set on. I'm disappointed. I'm sad. But, Lord, I want to glorify you. I want to have some of your joy restored. I want to have the light shine where I've been in darkness. Here's what you do. Find some promises. And instead of bumming out about the things you don't have, get excited about the things you do have. You have some blessings most people don't have. That's Amen. very true. Amen. You know, there are some people that would love to have the side of your eyes that you have. And they have to live every day without it. There are some people that love to be able to walk around like you can every day. Right. And they have to live every day without that. There are some people that would love to have some of the family and friends that love you and surround you that they have to live every day without. Start thinking about the blessings you have and especially these promises of God and glorify Him through those. Here's a good one. Submission to his will and work. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 Wherefore, we also, also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're submitted to His will and His work, He gets glory. I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 6 here. Along these lines. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doth doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If God's will is for you to stay out of trouble, and everybody else is doing it, you stay out of trouble, and that glorifies God. Amen. You young people, it is appalling to me how full of fornication this world is for this younger generation. Oh, I know. They, they got a name for it. They call it the hookup culture. That is unbelievable. It is considered okay. It is considered commonplace. If you don't do it, they are saying that there's something wrong with you and you're weird. But if you go along with this world, you will not glorify God. No. Somebody has to say no. While that is not near as perverted as they're getting, I'll admit, if you fall into that sin, a fairly normal man with a fairly normal woman, it's not nearly as perverted as some other stuff, but it is an important first step into some real messed up stuff. Amen. These days. And you will not be able to glorify God, and the darkness will set in, and you won't know what to do with your life. Submission to God's will and God's work. Uh, here's a good one. Cheerful giving. I won't read it because we just read it at the, at the Faith Promise meeting. But the Bible talks about the Lord and how glory and thanks goes to Him when you give to missions and His work. That glorifies God. And here's, here's one that I'd rather not talk about. But it's the truth. Suffering for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For all, these, for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound 
to the glory of God. Paul's talking about all the sufferings he's going through there in 2 Corinthians. And he says, all things are for you so that all your thanksgiving for all the things that are going on while I'm suffering will redound to the glory of God. You know why, Christian, you better stay faithful? Because there's some people watching you. And if you say, ever say, you know what, I'm quitting on God. It's too hard. It's not rewarding enough. There's somebody else watching and see you quit and say, okay, so it really wasn't that good. It wasn't enough to sustain them through suffering. And God loses some glory that way. Uh, John chapter 21. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. Hey, your death even needs to glorify God. Philippians 1.20. According to my earnest expecta uh, expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Here's what you do to glorify God. Number one, get saved. Number two, get busy doing good works. Number three, know and claim His promises. Number four, submit to His will. There may be something you want so bad. It would make you so much money. It would bring so much pleasure. You would feel so loved. You would like it so much. You would be so popular. But it goes against God's will. Submit to His will. You know what that does? A bunch of glory goes up to God. Yes. But if you give in and do what you want, that glory doesn't go up. And what comes down on you? Darkness. Darkness of depression, darkness of confusion, darkness of frustration. Cheerful giving. You got something you can give to the Lord, give it to Him. Your talent, your time, your effort, your money, and then suffering for Christ. Now, don't overdo this suffering for Christ, rich, fat, spoiled American. <laughs> Well, the, the, the suffering we do for Jesus Christ, it ain't much. No, amen. And when he brings you through it, you look back, and it really wasn't even as bad as you thought it was while you was going through it. Amen. But, be that as it may, I will admit it's no fun. But you stay faithful even in suffering. And what will happen? The glory goes up, and the light comes down, and you can see how to take the next step. So just as Israel faced this urgent command in Judah in the Old Testament, America now faces it. There are many in our nation who will not give glory to God. So the minority of blood-bought Bible-believing Christians must see the need even more urgently. Whether you feel like you have time or not, and whether you feel like you have health or not, and whether you feel like you have enough wealth or not, whether you feel like you have much influence or not, you can decide you will glorify Him. If you get saved, it doesn't take any money or influence, does it? If you decide to start doing some good works, it doesn't take any money or influence, does it? You can get saved and influence others too. You can do good works and influence others too. You can know and claim His promises and share them with others. You can submit to His will and work and show others the joy of being used by God. To be used of God, to see, to feel, to pray. To be used of God, to show someone the way. I long so much to feel the touch of His consuming fire. To be used of God is my desire. You show people the joy that comes with serving Jesus. And you're doing some things that's giving some glory to God. And you don't have to have any money to do it. 
You don't have to have good looks to do it. You don't have to have a lot of spare time to do it. Amen. Cheerfully giving so that others will glorify you. You can do that. You, know, you may not can give much, but you can give what you got. God does great with just a small amount. Yes, he does. Remember the widow with two mites? Mm -hmm. And Jesus, Jesus, not the president, Jesus himself looked and noticed and pointed her out. Mm -hmm. Now, you tell me a better blessing than that. Amen. Remember the little boy with five loaves and two fishes? That's right. Jesus did pretty good with that too, didn't he? Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry about what little bit's in your basket. You just give the basket to Jesus and watch what That's he can right. do with it. Yeah. Be willing to suffer for him. Now there's the problem. I think that what went on at Bible Baptist and written had eternal consequences. I really do. But there was a price to pay for. All week leading up to that, I was under it. And tell you the truth, the day since, I ain't felt real good. <laughs> there is something going on. When you start glorifying God, there is an enemy that shows up. Be willing to keep doing right, even in suffering. Don't wait till you get to heaven to glorify him. Do these things now. Don't wait till his judgment falls and your joy is gone and your opportunity is gone and his direction is gone. And if the Lord is speaking to you now, start glorifying him now. Why? For you are bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you come down.